If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, hi. This isn't Bill Shatner, but uh, if I was, I'd be listening to the Inglorious Trexperts podcast. Why don't you? Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a Star Trek fan and you haven't already picked up the hardcover edition of the 50-Year Mission, it's time for you to go out and get the paperback version of the 50-Year Mission, which is just out in paperback from St. Martin's Press. This is the complete oral history of Star Trek, the first 25 years, from me and Ed Gross. And if you think you know everything there is to know about Star Trek, think again. The 50-Year Mission out in paperback now, and if you can't read, the audiobook is still available. Electric Now? What does that mean? It means that you can watch us do these wonderful podcasts and so many other things, too. Hey, uh, Darren, yes. when I was a kid, I used to love The Electric Company. You know why? Because I knew one day Morgan Freeman would be a great actor. But <laughs> if there's one thing I love about electricity that's even better than Schoolhouse Rock and... The Electric Company, it's the Electric Now channel. But also, they're turning it on and bringing the power. Yes, they are. <laughs> and we're turning you on. And No, 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 no that's a highly inappropriate. All. Okay, well, we are turning on the power here at Electric Surge, where you may have, for the last year or so, been enjoying these amazing audio podcasts like Inglorious Trexperts, The 430 Movie, Best Movies Never Made. Now, you, you can watch You them. ain't seen nothing yet, no, but you now you can anything. You can on Electric Now, available on Stir TV and Distro TV, which you can download from your favorite app store, and soon coming to the Electric Now app. Get to see us as you've never seen us before, <laughs> because you've only seen us in the theater of the imagination. Now we're going to be on your tablet, on your telephone, on your TV, and in your house. With <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house. So make sure to check out Electric Now, streaming now on Stir TV and Distro TV and coming soon to the Electric Now app. Back in the 70s and 80s, before the advent of VHS, chances are if you saw a classic movie, it was on the 430 movie. With their famous theme weeks, it was a chance to see movies you'd never seen before and get reacquainted with some old classics. So now, join us for the 430 movie. Hello, this is Mark A. Altman. Welcome to the 430 movie. This is Kane is Able Week. And what does that mean? <laughs> it means we're celebrating the work of Michael Caine. Oh, okay. Well, that Mike. makes more sense now. Michael Caine <laughs> is able week. Right. Gray suits you, Eric. Good God. Is he? Jack. Jack Carter. Eric. Eric. Thanks. What you doing around here, then? Didn't you know this was my hometown? No, I didn't know that. So what are you doing then, on your holidays? No, I'm visiting relatives. Well, that's nice. It would be, if they were still living. Meaning what? Bereavement. In the second Death in the family. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's all right, Eric. So who are you working for these days, Eric? Oh, I'm straight. Respectable. <laughs> Come off it, Eric. Who is it? What's it to you, anyway? Well, I've always had your welfare at heart, Eric. Besides which, I'm nosy. Well, that's not always a healthy way to be, is it? So, 
You're doing all right then, Eric. You're making good. Making a living. Good prospects for advancement, is there? A pension? Do you know? I had almost forgotten what your eyes looked like. They're still the same. Piss holes in the snow. Still got a sense of humor. Yeah. Yes, I'll retain that, Eric. Okay, right. welcome to Michael Caine <laughs> week here on the 430 Movie. And as always, our favorite 430 Movie programmers are here to tell you about this exciting week ahead. Mr. Steve Melching. Yes, Michael Caine is awesome. <laughs> Darren Docterman. Hi. We're, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to delve into a whole vast land of bad Michael Caine impersonations. <laughs> and of course, Ashley Edward Miller. Can we do it? Yes, we can. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we can. Oh, my God. Do you guys watch Succession? Yes. I love that show. I just discovered it. I just binged the hell out of that show. Is Michael Caine in that? No, but there's this bit bit where Tom, who's the dunce on that show, is going to do, they can't do we're listening because like their smart devices actually do listen. So they change it to, we hear you, we hear you. (laughs) And and it was like, do we we hear you or do we? And it's like, is it H-E-A-R? And it just like, that made me think of that. I love success. It's a fun show. Yeah, yeah we got we got hooked on it uh, oh, after the first season finished, but before the second season started, we uh, watched it all. On yeah, HBO. I just finished it last night. I think it took me yeah. three days or something like that. It was like <laughs> crazy, crazy binge. But now I got this. Got to wait till August for the new season. Yeah, which is really depressing because I'm like dying for the next season because it ends on a big cliffhanger. Surely there must be something else you can watch. Surely. Yeah. Oh, there's a whole bunch of Michael Caine movies. That's yeah, right. A whole, a whole bunch of Michael Caine movies. Well, let's talk about why we love Michael Caine. Steve, what is it about Michael Caine that we're devoting a whole week to him? Uh, that you know, he he's such a you know. A couple weeks back, we did Gene Hackman, Hackman Fever Week, right. which was a better title. And uh, now here we are. We're talking about legendary Michael Caine. Well, Michael Caine is—he's one of those actors that's just like the consummate British actor. He's one of those guys that just works. He loves to work all the time, and he'll just do—he's game for anything, and he just—he just brings it to whatever movie he does. And sometimes they're awesome, <laughs> sometimes they're terrible, and he's just—he—he he just has such a, a an easy charisma about him, a, like a twinkle in his eye. Um, that uh, that is just so appealing. He's the actor's actor. In yeah. fact, he wrote a book on acting, mm-hmm. yes. which is sort of the indispensable. Most actors you talk to, like the you know, people say, great books written on acting mm-hmm. is Michael Caine's book on acting. Uh, and you know, the same way there's certain books. You know, uh, when the when the when the shooting stops, the cutting begins is the mm-hmm. great book about editing. Although Paul Hirsch just came out with a new book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when it comes to screenwriting, adventures in screen trade is considered right. the the on acting is considered the great. You know, book about acting. Was it uh, on, on directing uh, mm-hmm. by um, Mamet? No, no, no. Um, McKendrick. Oh, Alexander McKendrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, Michael Caine, Darren. What was about Michael Caine that you know that that I like about Michael Caine? He is sort of he, he can be the everyman and he can be the uh, upper class. He can be lower class. Mm. He can. He can do anything, yeah. and he has. Yeah. I think he that's... can be the tough guy. Yeah. He can be the sensitive guy. Yeah, it's it's truly amazing that 
he doesn't change his, you know, he usually doesn't change his physicality at all. He d- usually doesn't change his voice. He um, is so adept at creating a uh, a bubble of reality around himself that works with any film that he's in. Yeah. Um, I urge you to pause this podcast right now and go to YouTube and look for there is a uh, a videoed acting class that Michael Caine is teaching, and it is absolutely oh, riveting. Wow. It's about I it's either a half hour or maybe forty minutes, and it is so amazing to see his mm-hmm. process and how he uh, how he conveys this to these young actors in the scene. It's truly amazing, and he is. Uh, you know, even in lousy movies, he's great. Yeah, I mean, Ashley, you know, this is a guy, who, I mean, he started as, he was like the Tom Cruise. I mean, in Alfie, yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, he was the guy everyone wanted. You know, just super handsome. And now, of course, you know, he's older, he's more seasoned. You know, he became just this great character. He went from a leading man to a character actor to, like, one of our grand you know, the, the, the led Mount Rushmore of 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 of, of stars. You know, what, what, you know what is it about Michael Caine that for you is like resonates and says, "Oh, this is one of our greatest actors." Well, he's sort of like as we were we were suggesting, he's kind of the Swiss Army knife of <laughs> actors, right? He's got all the attachments. He's he can even be a pair of scissors, which is crazy. Uh, I think I mentioned this during Hackman Fever Week. But uh, a, a movie scene that, that sticks with me to this day is from, from PCU, and I think it's uh, Jeremy Piven's character who is doing his thesis on um, how at any time, day or night, you can turn on the television and find a movie starring Gene Hackman or Michael Caine. Uh, and I think if you look at Michael Caine's filmography, the, the truth of that is, is borne out. But what I love about this guy is... He always feels human, accessible, and anything that he says feels true, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think in, in something like um, the Nolan Batman movies, you know, whether he is just, you know, bringing Mr. Wayne, you know, a, a glass of water or he is telling a story about, you know, hunting, you know, a terrorist in the jungle, you completely believe that it's the same guy because whatever it is that Michael Caine is doing, it's just... I don't want to say that it's that it's magical, but he's he so fully commits and he has such gravitas, but he does it without pushing. Mm. Right. It's just it's natural. There's no push. It's just it's there. You know, it, I mean, this is a guy you talk about how he's he, you know, in so many movies. I mean, there is a cliche that Michael Caine says no to nothing. It, most infam- infamously when he won the Oscar he uh, was, wasn't able to accept because he was filming Jaws, The Revenge, in the Bahamas. There's a great um, quote about that where he said, you know, I've, I've never seen Jaws, The Revenge, but I have seen the house that it bought for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then, you know, so he has, he has a real sense of humor about, yeah. you know, his career. And, and uh, you know, among many, many very awful films, he's never been awful in any of them. Yeah. He has such charm and such panache and style. And he's just always riveting to watch yeah. on screen. Very and much he's so. always enjoying himself. Yeah. So let's talk about um, what Michael Caine week looks like. Steve Melching this, Monday. This is a song. tough week because, as we said, you know, this is a man whose career now started in the mid '50s, so he's been making films for like, you know, just decades, decades, and he works a lot. So he's got a vast filmography, and a lot of those movies are really good. 
Um, and so this is this is very tough because he is one of my favorite actors. But there is one film in particular of his that I always gravitated to. Uh, it's one that I discovered uh, one summer when I was working as a clerk in a video rental store uh, in Colorado um, when I was home from college from film school, and um, I. This was in the the, the late eighties, and uh, I saw this film on the shelf, and and educating Rita, yeah, <laughs> and I saw, it, you know, and I, I was I I was had become a Michael Caine fan at this point, um, from I'd seen a few of his films on TV, but there was another film that had come out uh, recently that we that I I think may be a selection here today, so I won't mention it, but it made me a huge fan of his, so I saw him, and and then I saw his co-star in it was another one of my favorite actors, Sean Connery. So, of course, I'm talking mm. about 1975's The Man Who Would Be King. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, just a terrific adventure film uh, directed by and written by uh, John Huston uh, and co-starring uh, Christopher Plummer uh, as uh, as Rudyard Kipling. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an you know, adaptation of the Kipling short story about these two sort of roguish British soldiers in uh, in the British uh, controlled India colonial India uh, deciding their latest scheme is to go to the the mythical uh, country of Kafiristan mm-hmm. and become kings and 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 uh, live out their remaining days as, as kings and um, you know they're just they have this whole plan how they're going to go there with some rifles and and uh, as the plan unfolds they they make allies in one town and train them to be soldiers and and then march on that that village's enemies and and absorb you know their warriors into their growing army until they uh until they do uh you know a kind of kind of achieve their goal with with a shocking twist that's tied into freemasonry where uh, uh, Sean Connery is suddenly believed to be a god and they decide to play this con uh, and maintain this con that Sean Connery is a god and, and well, well, he is yeah well. <laughs> <laughs> but he had the cure the cancer and he lost it <laughs> <laughs> but I just adore this movie it's uh, it's a great epic fun adventure movie uh, filmed on location in Morocco uh, standing in for Kafiristan, which uh, is sort of located in Afghanistan, Pakistan, mm-hmm. that that area up above the Khyber Pass, uh, and um, it, it, it's just a, a terrific film that John Huston had been trying to make for twenty years. At that point, he had originally ca- uh, envisioned it with Clark Gable and Humphrey Bogart mm-hmm. in those two roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he couldn't get it off the ground, and one of them, I think both of them died before mm. then. So he then was going to make it with Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas. Mm. Wow. That didn't that come together. Yeah. Then he I had. I see any version of those. Yeah. Those are all sound great. Well, well, there's two more. So the next version was going to star Richard Burton and Peter O'Toole. Wow. wow. Uh, that one didn't come together. And then he was starting to put it together with Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Wow. <laughs> and Paul Newman apparently said you can't make this film without British actors right. and Newman apparently was the one who recommended Connery and Kane mm. hello Newman <laughs> 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 that's a, that's not, we gotta do Paul Newman week one week it's, man talk oh, about yeah. a class yeah. act yeah. 
you know, I mean, he started his businesses, gave all the money to charity. Yeah. Just, but I, uh, he's he's great too. That's a, that's a brilliant idea, and it's hard. I mean, as fascinating as those other pairings are, uh, playing those the characters of Peachy Carnahan and Daniel Dravitt, uh, it's hard to imagine it without mm. Connery and Kane, and, and both those men were kind of peaking in their stardom. Connery had mm-hmm. just finished his run as James Bond and and uh, Michael Caine had done the Harry Palmer films and the um, and Alfie and which Alfie was his, yeah. and uh, the Italian job and you know he, he was becoming a, a star at that point as well and um, and they're just perfect in these in these roles. Great chemistry, yeah. 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 And uh, the the film received four Oscar nominations, uh, nominated for screenplay, art direction, costumes and editing. It didn't win any of them. Um, but uh, it won in my heart. When that... you men- when you mention that film, it always makes me think of the SCTV parody that they did. <laughs> yes. Called The Man Who Would Be King of the Popes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not only did it have Connery and uh, Michael Caine in it, but it also had, uh, I think he did uh, uh, Richard, uh, yeah, great, thank you. Richard Burton? Richard Burton. And a, a bunch of other amazing uh, British actors all <laughs> squashed into this movie. And it's so hilarious just seeing, you know, Dave Thomas and... Uh, and Joe Flaherty, you know, go at it against each other. It's amazingly funny. Look it up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, this film apparently was uh, the favorite film that Connery and, and Kane mm. made. It's they, they often cite it as their favorite film of their filmography. I'm sure they had a blast working on it. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly seemed like they did. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it it might be the case that they had a little more fun making it than we have watching it because <laughs> it's it's not a it's not a great film it's a very good it's film good and it's film. an entertaining film yeah. um but i always had the sense that they had a great time doing it <laughs> yeah i mean i think look i think you're right that it's not a great film with a capital f right, and like right. an e after the m a film <laughs> are you, However, are you saying it's like a Roller coaster ride. It maybe? is like a roller coaster ride. <laughs> no, I. No, but I think it is like uh, it's a theme park. It's yeah. a, it's a it's a great goddamn movie. Yeah, it's an adventure. Uh, and I yep. had not seen it until about maybe twenty years ago, and I watched it because um, one of my showrunners uh, had the poster, had the one sheet mm-hmm. up on his office wall, and I thought, you know what? If you love a movie enough that you're going to put it up on your office wall, you are telling me something about you that I had better learn. So. You know, I went and I watched it. And I went, oh, okay, now I actually understand him perfectly. I, I have that poster right. hanging in my home. Okay, well, now I understand and, you perfectly. And, I got it, uh, <laughs> and, and our friend uh, Alan Spencer uh, took it to the set of Austin Powers. I don't understand that at all. Okay. <laughs> and got Michael Caine to sign it. Wow. That's awesome. So it's oh, my God, that's great. Caine. Now if you can only get Sean to sign it. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. You're not going to get John Houston, but maybe Danny Houston can sign it for you, who's also great in Succession. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. No. That's that's a great pick. It's a great pick because not only is it a great movie, but also uh, Michael Caine, as you said, the favorite movie in his filmography. So it's a wonderful way to start us off. And I remember the heyday of home video. You know, there was always that shelf, and it was it was it was very popular. One of those initial. Uh, you know, it was early in the days of home video where it was put out on home video, and you could always see the the, the man who would be king on uh, 
the painting kind of the poster art really kind of cracks me up because it's this picture of the the, the two of them you know big in the on the image and holding rifles yeah. and, Sean, and Michael Caine looks like he's gazing at Sean Connery with <laughs> love hearts in right. his eyes like gazing lovingly on yeah. his popping hearts so funny <laughs> I just love the fact that it's James Bond and Harry Palmer together yeah, yeah. you know it's like it's pretty great um so Tuesday Darren's Dr Tuesday I was so nervous that you were going to pick the one that I'm that I had in mind. Thank goodness you didn't. Um, this is from a couple years earlier, from 1972, and it is a tour de force of acting and um, uh, making a stage play into a feature film. It uh, co-stars Laurence Olivier. Oh, okay. And Sleuth, it is yeah. Sleuth, yeah. Mm-hmm. one of my absolute favorite films. Just in, I mean, the script is brilliant, and the the way that it's directed is is very clever, and a little bit sort of avant garde, tiny a tiny bit, um, but it is so wonderful watching these two men go at each other. Mm. And you know, I'm not. I'm not going to give any spoilers because you have to see it, because it's all spoiler. Yeah. yeah. Um, suffice it to say that uh, Lawrence Olivier plays an older man who has invited this younger man to uh, to lunch, and things happen, and then something big happens, and then we're in a different movie, and. You'll see when you see it. You should go. You should watch it right now because it's absolutely amazing. Such a great vague description. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 crazy because there there are so many ins and outs and and talk about a roller coaster ride. You feel as if you've been on one after this movie is over. And it was remade many many years later. And he's not talking about the remake. He's talking about the original, the original based one. on the stage play. Yes, uh, with uh, Lawrence Olivier and and Michael Caine because Michael Caine yeah. is, is not. Yeah, uh, he he's great. He's great in it, and so, Sir Larry is is pretty good too. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> this is another one I will I will freely admit I have not seen, and oh. I'm adding it to my list. Excellent. That sounds amazing. Oh, you should. I saw Sleuth. That literally I think was one of the first films that Warner Home Video put on home video. And mm. I think the only reason I saw it was there were so few things in the video store at that point that had been put out. And you know what? I think it actually was on the 430 movie. Oh, I think it was too. <laughs> yeah, I think it was on the 430 I'm movie. pretty sure it was. But I remember with those green, those green oversized boxes, Warner Home Video. It yeah. was like in that first wave of st- titles they came out with for yep. rental. And that's when I, I think that's the first and last time I saw it. So I really remember very little about the movie other oh, than the fact goodness. that it was awesome. Yeah. 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 It's, it makes you, it makes you uh, feel uh, uh, young. Young. Who directed it? <laughs> uh, Joseph L. Mankiewicz. Oh, Joseph Mankiewicz. Joseph That's L. Mankiewicz. Right. Is that the last film he ever directed? Uh, I, I'm i not sure. Because I think it Mankiewicz may, may very well be. All About Eve, Cleopatra, yeah. you know, um, brilliant writer and director. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's, it was very late in his career. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. And just watching, I mean, for for an actor's lesson alone, the, the mm. way that they are able to you know, take this very specific dialogue and make it real mm-hmm. and put meaning into everything. Now, Steve, wasn't that written by Schaffner, who's the same writer of Amadeus? Didn't Schaff- no, it's no. a different, it's a different, uh, hold on, let me tell you. Jack, because I, I, yeah. 
uh, Anthony Schaefer. Yeah, Anthony Schaefer, but didn't no. he write Amadeus? Uh, I don't uh, think so. The, the the play. Well, I'm not sure. I'll go to Google and you. Let's keep go talking. to Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no look, that's a fantastic but choice, it's, though. You know, the the script is amazing, and the twists and turns that you don't expect are really surprising. Mm-hmm. And you know, there is a part in the movie where you realize something's going on and something seems uh, fishy, but you don't know why. And uh, and and you you don't know the reasons for it, but as they are uh, revealed, it's all great. It's funny these drawing room kind of things. They, 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 there's that cliche. They don't make them like this anymore. They yeah. really don't make movies like this anymore. They do not. You know, they do not. And and it takes place basically in one room. Yeah, it's based on a play. It's a, it's a stage play. Yeah, and it's not. They don't really. And it's good because sometimes on stage plays they really jump through hoops to open them up. To, you right. Know, and there's all the stuff that's added. That's but thank unnecessary. God this doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And you don't feel any less for it. It feels completely expansive because of what's going on in the story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's. Uh... Yeah, no. The uh, Amadeus was written by Peter Schaefer. Peter, Peter Schaefer. Schaefer. Okay, this was Anthony Schaefer. Anthony Schaefer. They were maybe they were brothers. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We they say. don't even know. Somebody will. Maybe tell they you. were the same person using a different first name. That's right. Maybe retired for like a month and came right. back and had to have a different name. I, 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 but I do think it was it was Joseph Mankiewicz's last movie. I do think okay. about that, but I'm... I could be wrong. So anyway, so, no doubt someone on Twitter will tell us. <laughs> No doubt. Or they'll tell us they'll still be going on about Scorsese and Coppola. Right. So, uh, okay, so that's Tuesday. So that's Wednesday, Tuesday. that brings us to Ashley Miller, who as of late has been going straight down the middle. It'll be very interesting to see what his pick for Michael Caine week is on Wednesday. Because there's so many um, great mainstream choices, and then there are a lot of off-the-wall choices as well. So There are oh so many choices. And and things that, that I, I would pick, I mean, it, things that I would I could pick but I wouldn't necessarily be picking them for Michael Caine. You know, for example, there were movies I could talk about that would involve me really just wanting to talk about Batman. Sure. And, <laughs> and this should be about Michael Caine. Right. Um, also, uh, you know, the movie that made the biggest impression on me that, that Michael Caine made when, when I was a lad, like I could not stop watching this film. It was so beautifully shot. It had amazing production values. And I'm pretty sure the performances were great. They, I know they were great because um, even when I turned the sound down really low because it was very late and I didn't want my parents to know I was watching it, I still love Blame It on Rio. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to pick that. I'm stealing your, your, your joke, Mark, but by God, I'm, I'm not going to pick that. I just I felt the need to share. No, I think, uh, you know, you got to get Blame It on Rio in there somehow. Somehow. With Michelle Johnson and... Demi Moore Demi is playing Moore, his daughter. That's crazy. And, yeah, Demi Moore is his daughter, <laughs> and it's awful, but it's there's a lot of really... It's really watchable. It's really watchable. (laughs) I love you didn't want your parents to know you were watching it. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's that kind of movie, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, it's hard to be Michael Caine. Uh Um, Because, I mean, this is a talk about a movie that would never get made today. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, he has an affair with Michelle Johnson, (laughs) his his daughter's best friend. She's like 17. Oh, my God. And his best friend's daughter, and they're like... it's just a whole, and they're all thing. down there on vacation. And Joseph Bologna finds right. out he's having sex with his daughter. Right? They're it's... not on a private island, are they? They're, they're no. in Rio. They're in no. Rio. Okay, just yeah. make yeah. sure. Joseph Bologna, man, against <laughs> Michael Caine, just gets blown off the screen. Oh, I know. You know he, he doesn't stand a chance <laughs> against <laughs> Michael Caine. Right? It's like, oh man. So that's what Shakespeare they, guy. Yeah, I'm not picking any of those. But instead, uh, just say I Jaws too, three. 
Just well, say it. The revenge? No, I'm not. Get, you can't make me. You're not my. You're not my real dad. Uh, <laughs> Don't put words in his mouth. <laughs> He's gonna get there. Give him some time. I am choosing uh, a literary adaptation from I, I think the really the middle of Michael Caine's career. Um, an adaptation, a, a film adaptation of a beloved novel uh, that's been adapted many times. Um, he's hardly the first actor to essay this role, or, or perhaps in some ways the, the most famous. I, I think most people associate George C. Scott uh, with this particular role. Patton. Yes, Patton. Michael Caine is Patton. No, uh, I am choosing 1992's The Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, <laughs> for a whole bunch of reasons. Yep. Ashley's you know back. He's yeah. back. He's back with a vengeance. <laughs> you know, A, it's it's that time of year. You know, and I'm in a sure. festive holiday mood. Sure. B, how can you go wrong with the Muppets? Well, you'd be surprised. Well, yeah, you can. <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, it was dark. We were Did drunk. you see Muppets <laughs> Most Wanted? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and C, it's like, it's, it's Michael... Kane playing Ebenezer Scrooge with adorable puppets. I mean, how do you Muppets not lo- to you, sir. Uh, yes, true. Uh, but how do you not love that? How do you not, like, how do you not... You have to have a pretty cold heart. You really do. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I... Look, I know this is not the best of the Muppet movies. I know this is not no, the best. No, because we all know the Muppets' uh, French Connection is the best yeah, of the Yeah, right it is. <laughs> <laughs> but this is kind of my favorite because it's just so weird and off the wall and it's Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit and like and and Michael Caine you talk about how Michael Caine commits, right? Oh, yeah. Even yeah. in this he commits. He's the to only this movie. human being in this movie right. surrounded he, by puppets. Exactly. By Muppets. And, and you would never believe from his performance that he is that he is like looking down at the material or his co-stars. He no. just seems so damn glad to be there, yes. right? And how mm-hmm. exciting must it be? Like you just love him. It's like you almost find it impossible uh, to kind of hate Ebenezer Scrooge at the beginning of that film because Michael Caine is just, he's so great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, uh, God help me. He is 100% present in all yeah. those scenes with the Muppets. He just commits. He is a pro and he's having a great time and doing a really terrific performance as Scrooge. That's it's, right. It's a delight. Can I just say, you know, when we did the Muppet French Connection, <laughs> <laughs> we recorded that episode the week before Saturday Night Live did you see this? Yes. Saturday Night Live grouch. did this brilliant oh, grouch, yeah. thing. It was Oscar? I think it was Oscar. Or was it Grouch? No, it was it Grouch. Was grouch yeah. Where they did a parody of the Joker with the, the Muppet characters, yeah. which is we maybe the best thing they've done in 10 years. Yes. It, it was so on point. It was yep. great. Really. I mean, it was David Harbour. And, 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 and uh, I mean, it was, it was so... The Ernie and Bird stuff. Oh I mean, just God. so good. But we did it first. Yeah. I just want to make clear we did it first. Damn right we did. Yeah. Wow. Christmas no, Carol. I, By I, the I, way, if we did Muppet French Connection and Muppet Christmas Carol, then what we'd have Michael Caine and Gene Hackman. Right. Like, you know, any time great. of day in the holidays. I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, Steve. You ever pick your feet, Poughkeepsie? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I actually went to a test screening of this movie mm. um, before it came out. Um, I believe Brian Henson directed yes, it. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing him in the lobby, and I was... I was not 100% on board with this because this was the first Muppet project that was done in the wake of Jim Henson's death, mm. and which hit me really hard, and I think yeah. probably hit Darren really hard, too. He was, he was, Jim Henson was 
I don't know. I actually cried when I heard the news that he died because I was so upset. Well, you were you guys are huge Muppet, massive fans. fan of yeah. Muppets and Jim Henson. He's yeah. just seemed like the the coolest guy. And he died so young, yeah, and so young and and needlessly. So I was I had a little chip on my shoulder that this is Kermit the Frog, but it's not Jim. Right. You know, and to that point, Jim had been the only person that ever performed Kermit the Frog, mm-hmm. and and this was um, what's his name? Steve Whitmire, um, who claimed to have been. Tra- groomed by Jim and trained to take on that role. There's some debate about that, but he, he Whitmire became the caretaker of that role for right. a number of years until recently. Um, so I, I kind of was watching that film with my arms crossed mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. even, as much as I love the Muppets and Michael Caine. But I've you know since come around, and uh, I think it's a delightful movie, and I look forward to watching it uh, yeah. every Christmas. How come we didn't talk about that during uh, Christmas week? I forgot about it. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a good, uh, a good of, film for Christmas of, week. There's a lot of Christmas movies out. Yeah, a lot of Christmas yeah. cheer to spread around on the 430 movie. It's yeah. a good choice. Thank you. Good choice. Unfortunately, that brings me to uh, Thursday. Thursday, yes. yes. Well, you know, And your various choices. No, I don't have a lot of choices. <laughs> I do have something to say, however. I think I know what your pick is. Though. Climate change is a real problem. And as we know... The fact that bees are being killed off. Oh God! <laughs> awesome. So, I I would say would make me want to pick the swarm. Perhaps certainly Irwin Allen's worst movie, but maybe one of the worst movies of all time, which is only redeemed by a brilliant Jerry Goldsmith score. But I think that would be disrespectful to the career of. Because this isn't a, a roast. We're not roasting Michael Caine. <laughs> You know, I got to say, though, that movie was very much of its time, of that disaster genre. And I, I saw it when I was a kid. And I, as someone who's bee-phobic, that movie scared the crap out of me. The idea that there's this unstoppable swarm of killer bees that are going to sting us to death. Yeah. Well, it was ahead of its time. Yes. They yeah. presaged the killer bees before the killer bees actually arrived the, in America. And the X-Files. The gravitas of Michael Caine in that role in The Swarm it made you believe that those bees are coming. The revenge. No. Obviously, that's not my pick. Okay. The problem for me, however, is that often with this show, it's a game of poker. <laughs> I have the good fortune to be the last person to pick. So I have to kind of figure in my head, mm. what do I anticipate will proceed? Right. So I'm prepared with a pick, you know, and also, so, you know, when there's a, a, a plethora of choices <laughs> that I also, you know, can figure, okay, this is what I yeah. think. Steve is going to pick. This is what I think Darren's going to pick. I have no idea what he's going to pick. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, and, and so I kind of misjudged this week. Uh-huh. I kind of misjudged. I was kind of hoping that Steve or you, which I expected, one of you would go with Get Carter. I kind of was hoping. It's on my list. I was hoping because, of course, Get Carter is one of my absolute favorite Michael Caine movies. Yeah. My favorite. This is not the Sylvester Stallone remake, by the yeah. way. This is the Michael Caine original. Uh, so I was a little disappointed that Get Carter was not represented because clearly I only have one choice for Michael Caine week. Right. I, but I was counting on you to pick it because it's one of my. You think favorites. I'm so damn predictable? <laughs> yes. You, yes. You, you, you. That's think a very definition. I'm going to go with one film, but he's going to do a, a switcheroo. You know, just when you think victory is in your grasp. Just when you, you pick th- just victory, when you think it's safe to go back in the water. I, I, I was going to say, I, you know. This is your gambit, isn't it? <laughs> this is my gambit. You know, Steve, this is your funeral in Berlin. You are a dirty, rotten scoundrel, Mark. <laughs> you know, Steve, I don't like this. You're really on dangerous ground now. <laughs> 
We're all children of men here. Can oh, we? my goodness. <laughs> but you're dressed to kill, Ashley. Thank you. <laughs> you should have seen the coat I was wearing How earlier. It was Harry not... Brown. <laughs> <laughs> How did we not oh talk God. about Dress to Kill on Psycho Killer Week? Because mm. mm-hmm. it's... Oh, come on. It's, it, it's, it's not. It's not. It's, you're right. It's not. But for us not to talk about it, <laughs> I mean, it's one of the great psycho ripoffs of all time. <laughs> Angie Dickinson looks great. Second only to the psycho ripoff called Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You got to give, you know, look, regardless of everything that's wrong and overheated about Dress to Kill, it's, it's De Palma. Like every frame. De Palma, <laughs> Hitchcock. I mean, God, is that the way he moves the camera? It's just the visual tour de force, even though it's an awful movie. It's oh, awful. I said it. It's an it's awful, awful movie. It's awful. But let's, you know, we come here to honor Kane, not, <laughs> not to bury him. <laughs> so uh, praise Kane. Uh, but um, look, I, I, you all know my pick. I don't even have to say it. Not even the rain has such small hands. Damn right. <laughs> Raising Kane. Damn motherfucking damn right. E.E. Yep. E. Cummings. Not even the rain has such small... How many times did I go to the Strand Bookstore and buy that freaking E.C. Cummings collection of poetry for a girl? Can I, can I pause this for a second? I'd just like to point out that in the last couple of shows, the F-bomb has been dropped twice. Neither of them have come from me. Okay, well, I apologize. Well, for aren't we very family. proud of you? Fuck well, I, I actually had owned that... E- this is like, I, of course. We still haven't said the said name the of, the of the title. Of the title. Yeah, we're, we're not going to. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we don't have we don't to. Know. We're going to keep talking. I actually had that edition of E. Cummings poetry on my shelf when I went to, when I saw this movie. Tear stained. Oh, you. Yes. I, I had it after. <laughs> really I saw this saved movie. on yeah. capital letters. Um, now you know we have the luminous meter for for actresses that we mm, feel radiate a sure. certain degree of luminous. Barbara Hershey oh in this God. movie yeah, absolutely shatters the meter. Ooh. She goes beyond. Radiant? Beyond luminosity into a whole nother adjective. Yeah. I don't know what it, that adjective is, but it's a whole nother adjective. So, of course, the movie that I'm talking about is, uh, is, is, is one of a master filmmaker at the top of his craft. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, the early funny ones are, oh, after Annie Hall, Manhattan. You know, it's like, stop with the nonsense. Do you Have you even seen a movie by Woody Allen? Yeah. Clearly, you know, all you people on the internet bashing have never even seen these films. Hannah and Her Sisters is freaking amazing it is. movie. Yeah. But we're here to talk about Michael Caine, and Michael Caine is so good yeah. in Hannah and Her Sisters as this man. Even though he's miscast, he doesn't seem like he's miscast. Right. He doesn't seem miscast. Exactly. He's an accountant <laughs> yeah. uh, who is... Um, uh, Falls in love with his uh, wife's sister. Yeah. Um, and his wife is played by uh, Mia Farrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't mention that word mixed company very often, but played by Mia Farrow. Uh, but Barbara Hershey is so good. And of course, Diane Weist is the third sister sure. who is um, also phenomenal. How can you not fall in love with Barbara Hershey in that movie? She is no, it's just it's, it's an imperative. Yeah. I have my answer. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 what am I, you know, I'm and I'm walking on air. <laughs> <laughs> and and of course Mia Farrow is Woody Allen's ex-wife in the in the movie. So Michael Caine, she traded up after Woody Allen. She goes to Michael Caine, and um, and it is just so. And it's another one of these kind of schizophrenic A B like Crimes and Misdemeanors. But the two stories merge much more successfully than Crimes and Misdemeanors, mm-hmm. where it's like two different movies. Yeah, there's like a drama in that and a comedy. And this this is fully formed. 
fully formed. Yeah. There's there's the Michael Caine storyline, and then there's also you know Woody Allen who's diagnosed with what he thinks is a, a terminal illness, right. and he embraces religion, and he quits his job, you know, doing like a you know as like a TV a writer. Sketch, I mean, sketch show. It's, uh, it's Saturday Night Live type. Yeah, yeah, it's so yeah. and Julie Kavner's in mm-hmm. it from so great. Carrie Fisher. Yep. Carrie Fisher's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. In fact. Yeah, yeah, I should have made that uh, little roller skating joke about the Guggenheim. But uh, it, it's, um, I remember the one time I met Carrie that's Fisher. That's from LA story. Yeah. At, no, that's from Hannah. No. No, no, it was, it's from Hannah's sisters. And maybe huh. it was used again in the LA story, maybe. but it was it was definitely okay. Hannah. So, um, uh, but um, the one time I met Carrie Fisher, it's like, you know, she's so used to people coming up and saying how much they loved her at Star Wars. I said, I loved you in Hannah's sisters. Um, <laughs> what did she say? <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Uh, and then she threw glitter on. She me. said that was LA story. Um, <laughs> but uh, but um, uh, you know, uh, Carrie Fisher's great in it, obviously, and it's very similar because then when Harry Met Sally came out a year or two later, yeah, and uh, it, it's similar. But you know, um, and that she's married to Bruno Kirby, and this they're both trying to um, her and Diane Weist are trying to go out with this architect played by Sam Waterston. Right. And he gives this wonderful tour of New York. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just such a great travelogue of uh, of New York, of this montage of, of different buildings. I think it was Carlo De Palma who shot that one. I'm not 100% sure offhand. Um, but uh, beautiful, beautifully shot, yeah. beautiful looking. Mm-hmm. It's also a great um, snapshot of the city at the time. Um, Tower Records figures prominently mm-hmm. on the Upper West Side, which I used to shop at a lot. And so whenever feeling nostalgic for that era of New York, I always love to see... Um, uh, them going to Tower Records, uh, long gone. It's even more of an elegy for uh, Tower Records to me than All Things Must Pass. It's like mm-hmm. I go, I, I just turn to Hannah and see Tower Records. It's like, oh, because that was my Tower Records, not like the one on Sunset. Right. Um, but I love Hannah's sister. And Michael Caine is so good in it. Yeah. And I love, you know, because Barbara Hershey is dating Max Van Sydow. Oh, yeah. As an art uh, artist, I don't sell my art by the yard. <laughs> and, uh, if Jesus Christ came back and saw what was being done in his name, he, he would never, never stop, stop throwing, throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> True words of nervous folk. I adore this movie. It may be my favorite Woody Allen movie. It's certainly top three. I think it is mine. And yeah. it, it, I saw it at a time when. I did. I hated Woody Allen because Annie Star Hall Wars. had the temerity to beat Star Wars for Best Picture. <laughs> yeah. So screw that guy. I'm not watching any of his movies. To hell with him. I had the same thing. And it then Hannah and her sisters came out, and Siskel and Ebert gave such a good review, and Michael Caine was in it. So mm-hmm. I thought, and it played. I think I saw it at USC in the DKA screening mm. series. I think I saw it there. So too. that's where I, I went and saw it, and that it was a revelation. I. I, I was smitten instantly, just mm-hmm. like Michael Caine and Barbara Hershey. You know, I, I I just loved this movie and proceeded to buy the screenplay of it. Yep. And then I went to the cinema library and watched every Woody Allen movie in the collection and became you know a lifelong fan. But it was this movie that that uh, I had the same thing. I, I would not watch a Woody Allen movie because he beat Star Wars. Yeah. And then I think, you know, when home video, the you know, I started, I saw Manhattan for the first time in any hall. And then by, by the time Hannah came out, I was in college and I was already oh, a huge granted, Woody Allen I was fan. too young to probably have appreciated the Woody Allen mm-hmm. movies prior At to that time. anyway. Oh, yeah, right. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. So say, for example, we knew someone, hypothetically, who didn't really, you know, watch Woody Allen movies. But would you say... That this one is the gateway drug? No. No? What is the gateway drug? Depending on who that person is, if that person looked a lot like you. Right. What if that person really uh, liked Muppets and also Michelle Johnson? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, then this might be the gateway drug. Because Barbara Hershey looks a lot like Michelle Johnson and Believe It on Rio uh, in this. Uh, well, you can't go wrong with Annie Hall. You can't go wrong. But you know what? I, 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 you know what I think would be good for him? Zelig. Oh, Zelig. That's true. I think That's Zelig true. would be good for him. Or the one with uh, uh, Jeff Daniels. Uh, oh, Purple yeah. Rose of Cairo? Purple Rose of Cairo. Yeah, but Purple Rose of Cairo is in a comedy, per se. I mean, it is, but it's like... It's, it's such a melancholia to it. That's true. Um, it, you know, it's a little bit of an. I, I think it's. Woody's I like melancholy movie. movies, so I. Yeah, I. I, I, I um, that one. And of course, everything you always wanted to know about sex is a good one yeah. too for someone who wants a comedy. Mm. Yeah, but I, I think love and death would be better for him than everybody. Everything yeah, you love, maybe. Because he's smart. He's smart. smart. He's smart. Not like everybody says. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, know, you can't go wrong with any of these movies. Okay. I think I think uh, Hannah and Her Sisters is a very good um, civilian movie. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a romantic it's accessible. drama. It's it's got romance. Yeah. It's got heart melancholy. No, it's a good. It's, it's a good. Humor. It's a good pick. Okay. But Match Point is good. Blue Jasmine yeah. is good. Yeah. Midnight yeah. in Paris is good for the newcomer gateway yeah. drug. Um, Hannah's Hannah's probably. Yeah, I, Hannah, I, I would yeah. say Hannah, but I do think Zelig for him okay. would be good. Yeah, watch them both at the same time. Right. They're short. One one I mean, mo- one, mo- yeah. most of his movies yeah. are super short, so yeah. it's like you don't ever say they're welcome. It's not like Robert Altman sometimes, or it's like <laughs> you go to a Robert Altman. Like I went to see uh, Doctor T and the Women, and it was like a ninety-minute movie. When I walked out, like I could have sworn that three hours had gone yeah. by. Like, and I looked at my watch, I was like, "How the hell has it only been ninety minutes?" You needed to shave. Yeah, Robert I Altman <laughs> movies are real hit or miss. I mean, yeah, they are. It's it's. I mean, I think that, you know, there's, a, you know, as much as people say, oh, you know, he, he lost his touch. I mean, his batting average is pretty damn good. I mean, you know. Yeah, no, um, they're throwing him real I mean, shade at Robert Altman. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but anyway. So, yeah. Um, That's a good But one. anyway, I, you know, but Hannah isn't my pick. <laughs> no, oh, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, You're funny. Yeah, funny okay. guy. Yeah, no, no. So so my pick for Thursday is uh, Woody Allen's Hannah and Sisters. Feeling for which Michael Caine won, won an Oscar, the Oscar and was not was, able to accept. Yeah. Right. And uh, he's so good, isn't he, Steve? He's terrific. And uh, just what a great what a great cast. And, uh, and you know, his narration and yep. just... Mm-hmm. just Great use of music. Chapter titles. It all comes together in that one. Yeah, it really, it really, it really does. Um, okay, so Friday, so many possibilities. Yeah. Oh my God, so many possibilities. Um, you know, and it's like, do we give the booby prize and give it to one like the swarm or something? I say no. Um, We've my, had our fun with the swarm. We, yes, we, we have. have. Um, you know, I v- would, victory is tremendously underrated. Pele and Sylvester Stallone and Michael Caine. I, I spent a whole summer of uh, my grandparents, uh, and they had HBO. It was my first experience with HBO, and I think they were running victory a lot that mm-hmm. year. So no, you know, victory. that was along with Risky Business, and uh, there were one or two. Victory was all the time. Yeah. Right. Like, like uh, all Beast, the time. Beastmaster, right? Yeah. Which yes. used to be HBO stood for Hey, Beastmaster's on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it's a big Vic, callback Vic, to last season. Yeah, on the fourth. <laughs> last season on the four thirty movie. Victory was on all I wanna, the time. I want to throw out my vote for uh, the Italian job. It's a good choice. Okay, because it's it's so much fun. A classic, and he's great in it. Yep. The original Italian job. Well, I'm just saying <laughs> right. for our no, audience, not there's for more than one. Have him in it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know the Mark Wahlberg uh, remake. Oh yes, uh, that's right. That's why it isn't in my brain. <laughs> um, Italian job's great. I, I would put Get Carter up against. Uh, I, I think he's because 
if you're looking at performance, like Italian job is super fun and uh, delightful and it's a confection and it, it's great. But, but man, in Get Carter, he is so scary because in Get Carter, he plays a guy uh, who's a mobster who goes back to the town where he grew up after his brother, who he didn't even like, is killed because he feels that's what you have to do and find out what happened to his brother because yeah. he thinks it's his cover up. And he's dealing with all these, you know, this working town, working class, blue collar town and, uh, you know, people he used to know. And uh, he is just so, um, you know, the way he carries himself, yeah. he's so intimidating. It's like a with British a, Terminator. He doesn't. Yeah. He's like the British Terminator, you know. And he's not physically imposing. Yeah. You know, it's like that scene where he goes to the racetrack and he goes, "You know what, Eric? Your eyes look like pistols in the snow." <laughs> it's just like he, you know, he's dealing with all these mobsters, and uh, but um, he seems like the most dangerous of all of them. Oh yeah, it's all presence, and it's a thing that he brings back uh, to great effect in Harry Brown, Harry Brown which was yeah. like five or six years ago and that's just a great great little movie that mm-hmm. that somehow went under the radar um, but it's incredibly cool it's essentially like Grand Torino but with like a British accent mm-hmm. <laughs> and he doesn't yell at anybody to get off his lawn because he doesn't have a lawn <laughs> what he does have is a tunnel that goes underneath the sewer well Harry Brown was an intentional homage to get Carter you know what he yeah, made felt so like it was it. a throwback to to he's, that yeah he's like this crusty guy living in a in a in a housing block and getting yeah it's terrific Plus, I love the score to get Carter, too. Oh, the soundtrack album is terrific. That whole scene where he arrives on the train at the beginning, you know, it's a great use of music and visuals. And, you know, Mike Hodges directed it. It's really well, really well directed. And just amazing dialogue, too. It has It's so quotable. In fact, the soundtrack album has a bunch of dialogue because the dialogue, it's like a Tarantino movie. Love the the you know it's filmed up in Newcastle in the north of England, so it's that oppressively gray, overcast, gritty. You mean a Tarantino it. movie is like? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I always caught <laughs> myself. It's really funny you said yeah. that because I was going to say the same thing. I, I caught myself and I didn't say it, and you said it. So, um, but yeah, Italian Job is definitely get Carter a possibility. There were two uh, roles that he did back-to-back, two films that he did back-to-back that are just amazing, one of which I think is really truly my what I would throw out for the, the Friday pick, uh, Zulu and mm. Alfie, right? Two yeah. completely oh, yeah. different kinds yeah. of yeah. films yeah. for certain, two very different Love characters. Love to see them edited together. Don't you want to see that, <laughs> right? Or at least like see the double feature of Zulu and Alfie? Like, which one do you like? We're you talking about the original Alfie, not the Jude Law remake, <laughs> yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Of course not. No, uh, it's, I mean, I, I believe that he was nominated for an Academy Award for Alfie, yeah. um, and rightly so, because, you know, all the stuff that we just said about him in Get Carter. I mean, you see a lot of that um, in uh, in Zulu, right? You see that stoicism. You see like the intelligence. You see all of those things, like the grays under pressure, all of that. But the thing in Alfie that you get is this incredible accessibility. It's but without um, losing the sense that um, that he is he, that he is a fully functional. 
adult, right? He's not. There's nothing about him that is um, that is less masculine than he is in Get Carter uh, or in Zulu. But um, but at the same time, like he's just so light on his feet. Right. And it's very difficult to find actors who can do both of those things. And it's just to me, that's what's most amazing about Michael Caine is that he's, he's so comfortable playing either side of that street. And I think that maybe that's why he's effective on both sides yeah. of that street. And he also plays Austin Powers' dad. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Which I wish they had done more with. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I wanted to see a Last Crusade movie. With the two of them going on an adventure. That would have been yeah. great. And, you know, because, of course, the glasses that he wears are based on right. Harry, Harry Palmer's Palmer. glasses yeah. Yeah. from um, the Harry Palmer movies, which I would also, we talked a little bit about on Spy Week a couple of weeks back, but a Funeral in Berlin, sure. even more so than The Ipcris File, is a really, he's really good in that. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's uh, you know, sent to help this Russian general defect to the West in Berlin and, uh, you know, who he's trying to figure out if he's playing both sides of the fence. And um, uh, it's a really great Cold War movie, but he's really great in it. There's this Israeli spy that he, you know, um, is, is, is shacking up with. And um, uh, it's, it's, uh, he's so good in that. And that, to me, is like a real espionage. Because Ipcris File I love, but it's like a sci-fi espionage movie, mm-hmm. whereas... You know, and you know, billion dollar brain is just wacky, wackadoodle nonsense. But um, but funeral Berlin's like a really like cool espionage thriller. You know, and and it, it has that arch Michael Caine cool humor. But you know what Ashley said about Alfie? That's the film that made him a star. You know, that's a very important movie for Michael Caine. He goes from being you know sort of a character actor, sort of flying under the radar, to becoming you know a massive worldwide star. And, of course, there's a number of films that he played more of a supporting role in that he's terrific in, whether it's, you know, the Batman, mm-hmm. the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, which he plays a terrific uh, version of Alfred. Alfie. Um, Alfie. 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 <laughs> What's it all about, Alfred? And that's how hard to make that Alfred resonate. He really does. Yeah. He really Jeremy does. Irons got lost. Yeah. Um, you know, Charles Napier was, was probably his... Uh, that's not Charles not Napier. Charles Napier. Alan Napier. <laughs> Alan Napier. <laughs> Alan Napier. I would have know. liked to see Michael, Charles Michael Gow was great, but he was essentially just a presence that right. supported the story. But, you he know. He was like the heart of yeah. those He movies. really was. He's like the sounding board. Until and, the last movie. Right. Where when he, they, he, he went off they screen. They throw his character yeah. away. Yeah. Well, but then at the end, I know you guys aren't fans of the last movie, but, you know, then at the end, when he shows up again, he, you know, he brings back some of the heart there, and you see how important Alfred is. Um, so you know, Michael Caine did a lot with a little. Master Bruce. He he probably was he probably was the best Alfred. Oh yeah, I think, no question. Know, Agreed. Of, of, of them all, he was terrific. one Alfred to rule them all. And then uh, of course, <laughs> I don't he, know. I, my vote's for Alan Napier. <laughs> he was great in Children of Men. Mm-hmm. Um, I would call that a, a, a. It's not a Michael Caine movie, but he right. plays a key supporting role in the movie, and he's terrific. That's a it. great movie. And and he's good in uh, in uh, Cider House Rules, even though yeah. I don't like the movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you could say that about a lot of Michael Caine movies, exactly. right? Exactly. He's good even though you don't like the movie. Yep. And then, of course, there's a, a film that I think Darren and I are both fond of, uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, my yeah. God. So where good. he co-stars with Steve Martin as uh, one of the titular scoundrels. <laughs> and uh, he's he's great. He's the, the really charming, right. smooth, uh, suave, one the, yeah. suave one. Suave. Where Steve Martin plays the the imbecile as part of their one of their cons. Yes. And I love it. Directed I, by Frank Oz. It's uh, a really funny, entertaining, scruple mm-hmm. kind. Harkening back to those like Alec Guinness movies. Absolutely. And stuff. Stealing comedies. Yep. Um, 
I think that, uh, you know, in On Dangerous Ground, the Steven Seagal movie, mm-hmm. he's the evil oil baron. <laughs> oh, God. Who, you know, even Michael Caine can't save, like, there's a speech at the end, like the seven-minute speech about <laughs> how we have to protect our oceans. And I'm coming from Steven Seagal. It's kind of a joke. And uh, it's just, like, it's, it's, it's so funny to watch because, like, you just feel sad for Michael Caine. You know, it's just like, oh God, why is he being wasted in this god awful movie? It's like, and he, but he does everything he can with it. You know? It bought me my brownstone on the Upper East Side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's damn, that's like, damn right. That's why. Yeah. Oh, there's Inception. Oh my yeah, God, sure. Inception, yeah, yeah. and another supporting role. Um, and he's also in Interstellar. Yeah, yeah. for about two minutes. Yeah. yeah. Well, because Chris Nolan, you know, was a huge fan of, of, yeah. of Michael Caine. It's great so. that he Dunkirk. Oh yeah, that's right. Dunkirk, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Um, uh, Mona Lisa, he was in. Oh Jordan's yeah, he's very good. Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. Right? Mona Lisa's a good movie. The Neil Jordan movie. And uh, of course, uh, the hand. Oh, God. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Oliver Stone movie that's not even in the Oliver Stone collection. <laughs> yeah. A yeah. movie that uh, was on a. We bought a, a used VHS uh, uh, recorder. Uh, in 1982 from somebody and it, it came with a little stack of tapes and one of the movies that he, the former, former owner had recorded was The Hand Genius. off HBO Genius. and that scene when he loses his hand yeah, we, like, well, that's, so he's the stupidest thing he's a cartoonist yes. and he's waving his the car the around window. him and then he slices his hand <laughs> off oh and then his hand haunts him yeah yeah, yeah. Um, disembodied hand that was another movie that was in that er- early Warner Brothers home video like that first wave of uh, stuff on home video was the hand, which was also the first and last time I ever saw the hand, and it's also not easy to find because I know that Oliver Stone is not a fan of that movie, yeah. and so he always talks about Salvador being his first directorial, but it's not. It's yeah, the, hand. the hand. And then there's a, a Bridge Too Far, uh, mm-hmm. the World War Two yes. movie about Operation Great. Market Garden, when he's you know in there with a cast of everybody cast of thousands, <laughs> in yeah. England. Everyone in England is in <laughs> the entire <laughs> population the entire of England. <laughs> That's true. Well, he was, you know, he was really good friends with Cubby Broccoli and Harry Saltzman mm. while he was never mm. considered for James Bond. That's kind of how he got the role of, um, you know, Harry Palmer. But he did some, some. Uh, he was in some of their other movies, particularly Harry Saltzman, who was a good friend of his. And Harry Saltzman tried to fire him off a couple of movies too. <laughs> I mean, you know, he had him under contract. Harry Saltzman had him under contract early on. He was putting him in some real crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so Friday, um, we got an argument, a case for Alfie to be made, I think. You know, I would go to the mattresses for Get Carter. Um, Italian Job is a great pick too. Um, Steve, though, Gambit those, also what Gambit? There's Gambit. Another great. Uh, so I mean, how do where where do we get where do we go with this? I mean, this, where, is, this, tough, this is tough. Those are all terrific movies. Yeah. I love all of them. I um, mean, I hate to say it as much as I'm. I really would push for Get Carter. I think Alfie's the right play because that is the Friday tends to be the one that brings it all together. Yeah. You know, it's the rug yeah. that ties the room together. It's like usually that's the one that is the most mainstream, the most. I think I could I could go along with so, that. So I mean I kind of would go with Alfie begrudgingly. Yeah, and, the, the only argument I'd make for Get Carter is that it's different from the other movies that we've selected for the week. Of the other ones are like Man Who Would Be King is lighter and and Muppet Christmas Carol is a lighter film. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, Sleuth, you know, is a more of a fun entertainment. Yeah. Where Get Carter yeah. is more of that gritty. You know, mm. shows you that a that different hard, side of Michael. That King. different side. Whereas of Michael Whereas Italian Cary. Job is more more in the vein yeah. of the yeah. stuff we picked. I, I I would agree with that. Um, 
So were you thinking Alfie or Get Carter? <laughs> that was my argument for Get Carter. But I love Alfie too. So I'm I'm good. Why don't we just do Get Alfie? Get Alfie. Get Alfie. Alfie, <laughs> Alfie Carter. How about okay. we do the Muppets in Get well, we've, Carter? Well, we've, 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 we've talked up the Muppets Get Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Drink it. <laughs> uh, let's go Alfie we've, we've talked about Get Carter a lot I recommend if you haven't seen it definitely check it out but let's put on Alfie on the 430 yeah. movie and you know Get Carter may be too violent for some of our, uh, our younger, younger viewers. viewers certainly too violent for me um, but uh, but okay so I think Friday would be Alfie so Monday right. Monday is the man who would be king Tuesday Sleuth Wednesday. The Muppet Christmas Carol. Thursday, Hannah and her sisters. And Friday is Alfie. Alfie. This has been Kane is Able Week. <laughs> What's okay. it all about? This has been Michael Kane Week. Raising Kane? <laughs> Raising Kane Week. Um, but uh, well, I'm so glad we were able to do this. You know, it's um, almost the Kane mutiny. <laughs> I'm so glad you know we could do this because I mean we're all huge fans of Michael Caine here at the 430 movie and you know I, I think what you find now too is like you know a lot of the, the, the younger generation of movie viewers aren't as familiar with anybody who hasn't been in a MCU movie so um, it's it's good to you know sort of well, but you know, unlike a lot of these older generation actors, Kane is, is as relevant as ever, mm-hmm. and he, you know, Dark Knight, those Dark Knight movies were hugely successful. But popular. he seems to have slowed down lately. He hasn't yeah. been doing a ton. Yeah, you know, and he used to be. He was in like six movies a year. Yeah, you know, and he was on like a Hackman schedule. Yeah, and he he hasn't done a lot lately. He seems to be getting a little more discerning. But you know, there are plenty well, of Michael. He Kane is in movies. his eighties, so <laughs> he is in his eighties. God, you forget, you know, because we grew up on all these people. Yeah. So it's like they seem like they're immortal, yeah. you know, because we've been watching them since since we were young. And <laughs> they've been as old. They've been old as long as we've been watching mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like like Max Van Sydow and Hannah's sisters. <laughs> My God. I mean, this is a guy. I mean, he, he he looks. We've talked about this before. It's like he's, you know, the, the, the four eyed raven in Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, he's been that guy for, you know, since. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, since, since he, he was, was doing in his the Birdman 30s. movies, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, it's it's amazing. He never seems to age. You know, when Force Awakens, I mean, it's right. uh, so anyway. Okay, this is not Max Van Sydow week. It's Michael Caine <laughs> week, and I want to thank our fourth day movie hosts, Steve Melching, Darren Doctorman, Ashley E. Miller, and myself for uh, joining. So, uh, uh, Bill Ritter back there, who we want to give a very special thanks to our producer and and, um, uh, who makes it sound so good every week. What's your Michael Caine pick? Ipcris file. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. Ipcris file. Did we pick that on uh, Spy Spy Week? Week? We talked about it on Spy Week, but it's great. Excellent choice. Ipcris file is a great, great pick. Can't go wrong with Ipcris file or any of the three Harry Potter. Harry Potter! (laughs) Harry Potter! (laughs) Actually, you know what is weird? He was never in a Harry Potter movie, right? That's true, actually. He should have been in Defense of the Dark Arts teacher. Who's never been in a Harry Potter movie. Welcome to the Dark Arts. They got confused. (laughs) He was in Harry Palmer. He's been in one of those. No, that was Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Defense of the Dark Arts punches him. (laughs) We don't need no spells. Okay, so uh, anyway, thank you all for uh, joining us for the 430 movie. If you're a fan of this podcast, you may want to check out Electric Surge's other podcasts, including Inglorious Trexperts, the only podcast for Star Trek fans with a life, every Saturday, Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast every Tuesday, and of course, Best Movies Never Made every other Monday. You can also check out our podcast 
on video, video. on electric video, video on uh, because you know video, video killed the radio star. So I don't <laughs> know if did. people are still going to be listening. Well, I, hopefully it won't kill us. They're they're, they're, they're going to be watching. Not. They're going to be watching us, and. Um, and so, of course, you can check that on Electric Now, currently on uh, Distro TV and Stir, soon to be uh, on the Electric Now app, and other uh, we'll be announcing soon. But but definitely check us out because um, uh, you'll get all kinds of cool. Uh, well, not really bonus content. Uh, you'll you'll <laughs> really. get uh, you'll bonus get to see visual uh, content. You'll yeah. get to see us gesticulate, right. you know, and and stuff. And of course, uh, you get uh, wonderful gems from the uh, uh, electric uh, archives, including um, Leverage, Librarians, uh, The Outpost, and ma- many other movies and TV shows. So uh, hopefully, you'll check that out. And uh, speaking of checking out, uh, why don't you check out Apple Podcasts, where you can rate us five stars for how we've entertained you over the last fifty-nine uh, minutes and thirty-two Are you not seconds. That's for I'm, Russell Crowe week. Right. And uh, again, a very special thanks to everyone here at Electric Surge for making uh, this podcast possible. Uh, we will see you next week for an all-new episode of the 430 Movie. Until then, Eyewitness News starts now. This episode is brought to you by Encom. Live your life on the grid with the makers of Space Paranoids. This podcast is a production of the Electric Surge Network.